been doing my thing. Um, I'm primarily an options trader. I do dabble in some small caps. I used to like small caps a lot, but um, I would say like, I don't know, year and a half, I've been doing mostly options. Options are the shit, bro. Once you realize what's up, you know, it's very easy to like get that bigger percentage. And by bigger percentage, I'm talking about more than a 5% move. You know what I mean? Like yeah. small cap goes 5%, you lose your mind. Large cap 5% is like one tick. You know what I mean? It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's funny because uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I literally played SoFi today for like 15 minutes and it was up like 90%. And it, it was a 40 cent move. It was so that's totally relatable. Insane. Yeah. I mean, I can even talk about how the option itself kind of moves and stuff like that, how you're really getting paid, you know, behind that move. So if you want, I can go into that too as well. Bro, hop into that. I'm excited. I, I'm like, I'm only about eight months into options. So like you going over this kind of shit is perfect for me and everyone who's listening. So yeah, yeah by all means, go ahead. So, I mean, think of it this way. Most people, I mean, especially retail traders who are trading options in the first place are doing one thing. You know, they're buying a premium and they're reselling the premium. So, you know, what is that premium value that you're buying? You know, what, what determines that cost? There's three things, actually two things, but within the second one, there's a third thing. So there's an intrinsic value and an extrinsic value to a contract premium. So an intrinsic value to the premium is pretty much the underlying stock's price. So let's say the stock is at $100, okay? And you're buying a a strike price of $95, okay? The intrinsic value is basically that stock price minus the strike price. So in reality, it would be $5 in premium. It's that difference, right? So that's the intrinsic value of a contract premium. But that's only for in-the-money contracts, right? A contract that's out of the money doesn't have that intrinsic value because you can't subtract the strike from the actual stock price. You'll get a negative value, right? So there's this other value. It's the extrinsic value. So that's kind of how these out-of-the-money contracts have a premium value in the first place. That extrinsic value is calculated by two things. One being time, okay, or theta, right? Time for that contract to go expired. And two being implied volatility or pretty much pricing in the future change of that underlying stock price, right? So ultimately that's where your premium is coming from when you're flipping that premium right a you know you're trying to gain an intrinsic value to that contract but b you know you're having other factors that are influencing that price which is that time till expiry so if you're swinging you know you're devaluing that that added value or implied volatility which gives it that fluctuation hell yeah man um how would you kind of explain, um, I guess, how to manage the time to someone who's just began options? Because you said um, as things go on, you know, the, the, the value will come down, obviously. Um, how would you just have someone manage that in a responsible way for a newer trader? So think of it this way. When you're trying to, okay, for swings versus day trades, right? Ultimately, you'll see most people, I mean, including myself, when you're day trading, the reason why I like to take the earliest expiry, right, is because you're going to get paid the biggest on that small move. 
The reason that's happening is because of Delta. So when people are day trading these options, in reality, they're trading the Greek Delta. Delta is the price that you're getting paid for every dollar that the stock fluctuates, right? So let's say you're taking an option contract, costs 40 cents in premium. If that thing has a Delta four and the stock moves up a dollar, you made a hundred percent because you're collecting that Delta, right? But a contract with a further expiry is going to have a lower Delta. Okay. And that Delta will eventually rise the closer to expiry that you get. So, I mean, even if you're day trading, you can kind of mitigate that risk that you're putting on the table by taking that further expiry contract, right? Now, you're going to get paid less, but in return, you're really risking less, okay? That's where sizing comes into play. You can size light on a contract that expires soon versus sizing heavy that in, on a contract that is, is going to expire in like two weeks, and you'll get paid about the same, you know? But at the end of the day, it's really the expiry that you're taking and the strike that you're choosing that's going to mitigate your risk-reward. Yeah, I think that's I I don't know. People I see people that and I was I was the same way before I started trading options where I was like, yeah, but is it really worth it with all the risk and blah blah blah, but once you really get into options, you kind of see that there really isn't I mean, there's risk obviously, but you need to if you don't know how to manage risk before getting into options, like if you don't master commons, yeah, you'll get shredded. You'll get shredded. Yeah, exactly. And and people just get that misconception like, oh, well, with options, there's inherently more risk. Well, there is more risk, but at the same time, you you have to treat it almost as um, if you're playing commons. So like, what are I your thoughts? Similar... Oh, sorry. I didn't want no, to. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I just treat it like a like a low float gapper kind of almost like there's there's things where you can um like options can move in a similar kind of like if you're if you're choosing like a spy contract that expires like in a day um it'll move just like you know if you have a high volume opening bell like a, a low float like isig the last few days it'll move like that it'll move you know 20 percent up 10 percent back down you know 40 percent up and then like you know pull back at 20 percent um it moves kind of similar to that obviously they're very different things uh fundamentally but that's kind of the risk we're dealing with. And before I started options, I would have thought options were some crazy different thing. Um, like they're just, they're going to move like, you know, 50% up in 10 seconds. I'm not gonna have time to get out that kind of shit. They're scary to people who, you know, haven't, you know, uh, had much time with them, but it's really, it's not that much different than uh, say like a, a small cap gapper that has a low float. That's what, that's what I like to put it to. No, real talk. Uh, oh, nice cat. <laughs> Thanks man. Um, yeah, real talk, you know, the only real risk is the misunderstanding of how the option itself works, right? Once you understand, I mean, an option, you're, you're trading a derivative, you know, it's not really a, a joke kind of thing that you're doing. Yeah, you're flipping premium, but there's a lot more that goes into the background than just, oh, I'm buying 40 cents, selling 50 cents, right? You have to take into consideration like a bunch of other factors, you know, whether it's swingable, whether you're just day trading it, whether the implied volatility is too high, you know, and that's why I specifically like sticking to large cap options in the first place. The reason why is because most of the time you're going to have a low implied volatility. So you're not going to have a fluctuation on that added extrinsic value of those contracts, right? That way you're really ultimately just trading the underlying stock price, right? And especially if you have experience trading small caps, you know, that's where your TA is really going to 
come into play. So, for example, um, you know, Rodessa. So, back in the day, this guy was an extremely, extremely good, you know, small cap trader in terms of TA and everything. You know, a couple months ago, he came up to me wanting to learn options. And the reason this guy is so successful is because he has a crazy understanding of TA in the first place. Once you understand how the contracts themselves work, you're able to capitalize in the same way as you are on small caps compared to large caps. Just using the option itself to leverage yourself in, in the way that you choose is right. Yeah, that's how I knew. Dude, I knew Tony. I knew you were going to be so successful with options before you even... Because I know me and you used to be kind of like, options, I don't know about that. You're probably like way more TA than I am. I'm more kind of just like fundamental when it comes to my basis of trading. And so Tony, when we started, I know me and him kind of started options, similar timing. We kind of thought about it and then we did it. I was like, man, he's going to be able to fucking kill it. And then I see you on Twitter now, just like 40% or 20% or 30% or 30% or it's because you know everything about a candle, you know, everything about the setups. Like we were talking before this, and you were talking about setups and I was like, not sure in my head what that setup even meant, but you knew what the hell it was. So I was just like, I know this dude's going to be a fucking baller when it comes to large cap options. Yeah. It's like, so people in my discord, I try to tell them, like, I always encourage them. I'm like, if you don't have a basis or general understanding of one TA or two commons trading, if you jump into options, you most likely are going to get murdered um and the biggest problem with that is you're probably going to jump into options based off what i'm calling and find success but is that based off you had a plan and no ta or is that based off what i'm calling because if you're just jumping in finding success based off what i'm calling that's not a substantial that's not a plan that's essentially just you're you're going off what i've called so if you don't have that foundation of of TA and uh, just mas- not mastering commons, but the understanding of commons um, long term, that's just not going to work out. So that's that's kind of when I made the jump to options when I felt like, yeah, I'm extremely confident with my TA um, trading commons. And I realized, OK, with options, um, I have the ability to play both sides, um, considering I don't short anything. So. Yeah, I think um, you you really do need a a really good grasp of TA and uh, playing commons. TA and price action, brother, that's the best thing that you can have in your in your arsenal. You know, once you know how to use those, everything else comes easy. Yeah, I'll say one thing I don't hear a lot of people talking about is price action within candles on options. I'll <laughs> I don't ever alert any of this stuff because. It's kind of like too quick for anything, but I've found that QQQ, um, if I can find like an option that's like expiring that day, it'll be like 20 cents. And within the candle, if it's a choppy day, it'll go 20, 21, 20, 21, 20, 21. And I catch like five of those. And then I go find, you know, I come back 10 minutes later and it's at 23, 23, 24, 23, 24, buy 23, sell 24. I just scalp the literal shit out of it over and over and over. And, you know, each of those little, what is that? That's a 2% or here or there, 2.5% or even if it's just, I'm having a larger position. If I think, you know, calls are going to go up within the next 30 minutes and I'm just scalping that like few, few contracts of it, whatever I'm doing, those like 2% add up over and over and over those price action within the candles. Right. Yeah. So actually it's funny that you mentioned QQQ. That's the stock that I specifically, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say have mastered, but that's my, my bread and butter. It's, it's my go-to stock, you know? <laughs> It's designed to go up, man. 
every single day for a long time, bro. That thing is built to go up, bro. And even when it does pull back, even better because it goes up even even more easily. You get a better entry. You get a better entry, you know? And you can swing long term, which is fine. But I I prefer trading the shortest expiry contracts on those and scalping the shit out of them. Dude, sometimes I'll play them like, I don't know, like four to five times a day, you know? And like get quite a significant move. And I'm talking about like significant, like a dollar move pays quite big on an option that expires that day or the next day, uh, you know? It's, I think people too, like they see the premium and they see premiums on pennies or whatever. um, And they're like, oh, this is more attractive because it's cheaper. Well, you don't get that move, bro. You don't get that move and it's inherently more risky. Um, And I really don't think... um, I don't think that you should side towards trying to play options on pennies just due to the fact that either one, you have a small account or two, the premiums more attractive um, because you'll get, you'll get murdered. Um, Yeah. And I just, I feel like, especially with TA, if you're good at TA, a lot of the times T on TA on pennies, it just doesn't work. And especially in this market, like TA on pennies is almost non-existent. Yeah, the one thing I can say is uh, I really, really try to get people to trade things that are in the money or like, you know, if you're trading QQQ, like a dollar or two out of the money, um, if if that, because exactly. I I stick to like, I think QQQ was right around like 402, 403 today. The highest I would go is 404 strike price um, because far, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really, it's attractive to go see those like 406 and see how much they cost. I could buy, you know, almost like a thousand of them if I wanted to, you know, that kind of shit, some crazy amount of, of contracts. But, you know, even though the ones that are in the money are two, three bucks, sometimes four bucks, five bucks, sometimes um, it, it just takes a lot of the risk away. And I think it's, it makes for, you know, maybe the move won't be quite as big, but also I need to factor in if the move doesn't happen, where's my money going. And so if, if I'm, if I'm already in the money, I'm going to lose a little less money. If the move, you know, if it trades sideways, if it's choppy, if I get knifed out, if I get, you know, out, out upwards if i'm in a put that kind of thing so it's always important you know to remember when you're trading a contract that's in the money right you're going to see the contract move more closely to the underlying than if you were to take a contract that's out of the money right so i try to compare it like this a contract that's in the money is going to crawl you know it'll, you'll see it go like 41 cents 42 cents 43 cents 44 cents you'll see that crawl but when you're taking a contract that's out of the money you don't necessarily get that crawl you'll get ticks, you know, you'll see it go 41 cents, 45 cents, 47 cents, 50 cents, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're trying to trade kind of very closely to the underlying and, you know, scalp it, it's better to go in the money because you're going to be trading the underlying more precisely. But if you already are pricing in a bigger move, you know, you know, it's going to go up today, then you can take that out of the monies too. How I personally like doing is I'll ladder my contracts. And for example, let's say QQQ is at $400, you know, I'll put the majority of my size on those 400 contracts, right? Then I'll put smaller size on the 401s, even smaller size on the 402s, and even smaller size on the 403s. The thing is, those ones that are out of the money are going to pay you big anyway if it goes up there, right? So as the stock is moving in your favor, you're scaling out of the contracts that you have that are already in the money, right? And your ultimate goal is to take 
the next strike into the money. Why are you doing this, right? So again, bringing it back to Delta, Delta isn't stagnant, right? Delta can shift, right? So as the contract is going in your favor, those out of the money contracts are actually gaining Delta, right? That's why you're able to capitalize bigger on them than the ones that you're trading on that are in the money. That's exactly why I like to ladder them so I can make money on those bigger moves, even with the smaller size, but yet I'm putting most of my risk factor on those in the money so I can make my money right then and there, scale out of those and the rest I can ride on profits. That's actually a perfect idea because I've been trading a lot where I scale. Um, I've been I've been doing the same strike price, just been scaling and leaving a few runners. But that makes a ton of sense to have a few out of the out of the money a little bit more or out of the money the my, in the money. Yeah, for the for that extra move because you're going to gain more. That's actually perfect. I learned something today now. Well, but. I think it's important too, not to cut you off. Um, Go for it. But he was saying he QQQ is like his go-to. Um, if you can find something and master the movement, similarly like you do with commons. Um, so for me, it's been F cell just because F cell moves with IWM. Um, if you can find something and, and master it, that's a that's like a great vehicle, a tra- great trading vehicle to make money. So um, it's I think that's super important. Find something and like master it, and then you can abuse that and play it over and over. Sorry guys, um, I gotta. Do you guys know the stock Zers XERS? Yeah. yeah. Someone just tagged me. They got FDA approval and they're up 44%. And I have an entire small account loaded with $3 calls. Oh, nice. Let's yeah, I had, oh, I had a thousand yeah. bucks into, into $3 calls at 20 cents. Holy and the stock is up 50% after hours. That's pretty fucking exciting. That's that. Yeah, bro. Nice. That's Tomorrow's like the third cool. time this has happened on the podcast. <laughs> Where something, I know something crazy happened. I hope that it's not one of those FDAs that, uh, you know, blows out after hours and then ends up up 10% and then like some crazy downtrend happens in the morning. But yeah, dude, that's exciting though, man. Well, let me tell you something, bro. On those contracts, you're not only going to get paid on the movement up, but you're going to get paid on the IV spike as well, bro. Yep. Yes, sir. Oh man, that's exciting. That that made my day a little bit better. Let's go. That's so many times. (laughs) I have like a lotto, just like a, I think it's a Robin hood. Yeah, it is. It is a Robin hood. I was had to think for a second. It's a Robin hood account that I had like a bunch of crypto money in from a long time ago worth like a thousand. I think it was like 2000. And then I lost a thousand doing some crazy shit. And then I had, I put a thousand into these contracts at 25, 30 cents. So damn, that's going to be fun. I'll do well. I'll take some money out and go for a date or something. with. (laughs) Um, so but I kind of yeah, started to click off. Uh, no, go ahead. As I was saying, you know, each stock is going to have its own personality. You know, one of the reasons why I like QQQ so much, one, because it's already built to go up. Two, once you find its daily ranges, you're going to be able to trade it more easily. A third factor is it's going to follow VIX quite precisely. You know, VIX being the volatility index. You know, if you're able to track the VIX, you're going to be able to track QQQ quite easily, right? VIX on a downtrend, QQQ goes up. VIX on an uptrend, QQQ goes down. So that's one reason why I like that. Another reason being the way that the strikes itself are laid out. You'll see some stocks, okay, where, example, QQQ, where they have strike prices at every dollar or every 50 cents or something like that. 
then you'll have some stocks where you know you'll have strike prices every two and a half dollars or every five dollars so it's easy to ladder it on on stocks that have you know one dollar increment strikes because you'll be able to capitalize on that delta more easily yeah hell yeah man um i think uh a question i had for you that was kind of along those same lines is um what are your top kind of factors you look at if you're looking to swing a uh, an options contract, you know, or just like ladder a few of them together on a swing? What are the things you look at? One, of course, the daily range. You want to make sure that, you know, contextually it's, it's going to go up or down or whatever direction you're trying to play it. Um, the second factor being the implied volatility. You can't swing a contract that's already high in implied volatility over a longer period of time. Um, because it's just not going to go in your favor. like, uh, Or even if it does go in your favor, it's not going to pay you the way you want to be paid. So that's, you know, one factor. Number three is um, is the theta, you know, time you have for those contracts to go expired. So, you know, you'll see the contract, for example, if you're going to swing something out for like a February expiration. A lot of people think that you have until February um for those contracts to give you profit. I mean, in reality you do, but you don't. Why? Because every day you hold those contracts, you're gonna be losing value on them, right? You're, you're paying theta, the price per day you're gonna to pay to hold those contracts. If something has a high theta, high implied volatility, you're, you're ultimately bag holding an option, right? Every day you're losing money on those contracts, even if the stock's not moving. The stock can hold absolutely flat for two months and those contracts will go to zero. So one, you need a momentum in the contract or in the stock Two, low implied volatility and three time for expiration. You know, it's better to size up fatter on a contract that expires a lot further. You know, even though the premium is higher, you know, a lot of people get intimidated by that premium cost. My piece of advice would be don't, be intimidated by the premium cost you're paying for safety you know yeah the premium will be more expensive but you're giving yourself a lot more time for you to fulfill that move in the underlying uh, price it's like a options basically gap down every single day a little tiny bit and uh you gotta morning as soon as it opens the first minute you'll you'll price in your data and those contracts will move for you whether it's i got a fun story for you man um my first options play was, I think, like a year and a half, maybe a year and like three quarters um, ago. And it was Zoom. And it was, you know, after the pandemic had hit and Zoom was, you know, some fire. crazy thing on fire, man. It was in, I think Thanksgiving was around the corner. And I was like, man, people are going to Zoom Thanksgiving. This is going to be the best. So I bought a contract and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I bought one contract and then I bought another one. And they were like, I think they were somewhere around like, 800 bucks a piece, the contracts, maybe, maybe a thousand a piece. And then I ended up buying like 10 or 20 more. Like I remember I got balls deep in this thing. Cause I had no idea what I was doing and the stock traded sideways. And I remember thinking, dude, this is awesome. My, my option is not going to go down. I wake up every day. It'd oh, be down. It'd go down. It'd go down. And I was like, dude, I don't understand this. Why is it going down? And then one day I called up, um, I think this was I remember I, I might've texted Hugh Henny, I think, cause he was, I saw he was in something similar and he was like, dude, do you seriously not know what 
what like decay is or like it, it basically gaps down every single day and i was like what are you talking about it's an option don't i have until the expiration and this was literally like a year and a half ago like i did not know this a year and a half ago and i'd been i've been trading for Bro. You know, three and a half like four years and i didn't know that about an option like i was just wondering why am i losing money every single damn day i was like the stock isn't going down that's a dangerous game bro yeah yeah people don't bad. people don't understand that if you're not if you're like not in and out of like scalping weeklies you need to have a grasp of like what your greeks mean or yep. you'll i mean you'll be clueless and you'll have like you said someone will be snag stagnant and you'll be losing 20 percent a day so yeah the closer that shit comes the more your money's gonna <laughs> disappear randomly and you're gonna be like how is the, the option, option you're, gonna, you're not having a good time bro yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to, to get into a little bit, like, how did you, how did you start trading and, and really how long have you been trading actively? So how did I get into trading? So I actually graduated college with a environmental science, marine biology degree. So I used to be a scientist, um, back in the day. I'm not even that old. I'm 24. Um, so not so long ago, I would say about three years, four years or so. Um, why did I transition? Um, so I was working in the lab. It's a lot of hard work, a lot of early, early hours, you know, so the price I was getting paid wasn't worth it. The risk reward wasn't there, man. Like, I love it. Don't get me wrong. Like that side of the world is my life. Like I love science. I love, I used to love what I did, but the compensation for it was just not it, man. It just wasn't it. So, um, you know, I was already, I was investing more so, more than anything. I was just buying stuff and sitting on it. Sometimes I would swing. Um, but it came to a point where I realized, you know, I can take this big, you know, if I just sit down and put my time into it and just really go at it. So it's kind of how I got into it. So I would say I've been full-timing for a little over a year and a half, two years now, um, a little before um, pandemic. So, Yeah. So that's sick, man. So like <clears throat> once you once you transitioned, um, let's say quote unquote full time, um, what was what was the what was the moment before that where you're like, Well, I think like this like I think I can do this full time. Was there like a specific thing that sticks out or was it just the progression of your trading? No, well, I mean I was already doing it and like, you know, the type of person I am like if I sit down and really want to learn something, I'll, I'll put my all into it and I'll do it, you know? So I was already doing it, but again, I was, I was trading everything. You know, I had quite a diverse portfolio from like Disney, AMD, whatever, NVIDIA and small caps too. Like I was doing everything, but, uh, you know, options really just kind of resonated with me. Once I understood what they were and how they work, then, you know, the money that you can make off of it, I just kind of, pulled a lot of my my stuff out and said you know i'm going to use this capital to start um start trading options then you know once i started accumulating my my money that's when i you know did my roth you know started going back into my roots you know investing long term and then still you know trading my options day to day um recently i actually pulled out a lot of money and i bought my first property this was about a couple months ago Congrats, so, man. Thank you. Thank yeah, that's you. awesome. Yeah. So ultimately, you know, it's um, it's really how much you want something. 
and like what you're trying to do to go after it. My biggest thing was I need a house and I wasn't like investing was too slow for that, you know? So, and working a day job is even slower, you know, they were paying me like something like 16, 17 bucks an hour. And it just wasn't it. You know, I was working long hours, um, very stressful, but I loved it. And I'll probably end up going back to it at some point, but I just don't want to be even considering my finances at that point when I do that. Yeah. Yeah. What was, um, so this is, I don't know. I get this question so often. I feel like I've answered this question a hundred times, but, um, what do you think your advice would be to somebody with a smaller account um, that may be playing options or maybe they're just looking at, okay, how can I grow this small account? Because I know I get the, the question all the time where people are like, yeah, I was winning this trade, but for, for it to worthwhile or for it to, to have any impact on my account, um, I wanted to hold it for more profit. It ended up going against me, sold for a loss, which is obviously a recipe for disaster. So, um, do you have any inf- advice in like regards to that with people on small accounts? I do. I do. I do. So one thing I would say is you know, take your damn money. People always, you know, I'm sure there's so many people out there that trade and they'll see their trade go green, like off the bat. And they'll be like, it's going to go more. It's going to go more. And then it starts going against them. They can still stop for a break. Even they don't, they're like, it's going to come back and it's going to go. And then it goes negative. They're like, it's going to come back and it goes even more negative. And then they're just sitting there bag holding. And my advice would be take those smaller gains, you know, especially like, you know, for example, like quite an average uh, starter account, I would say is, you know, anywhere from 500 to a thousand dollars, right? People want to get into trading. They go throwing a couple hundred bucks into their account. They're like, you know, I'm going to start doing this. Dude, you know, making 1% on your account is not a joke. You know, when you're playing a small account, you see 1%, it's not going to make you happy. You know, <laughs> 10 bucks, yeah. 100 that's not going to satisfy you. And people see that dissatisfaction and they, they're hungry for more. And that's when shit starts going bad. My best advice would be take your damn money, do it again. Take your damn money, do it again. Once you start doing things over and over, you're going to start seeing your pool of money get bigger. Then that 1% is not going to be 10, 100 bucks anymore. You're going to start seeing a lot bigger numbers. It's all relative, yeah. It's all relative. It's all relative to your trading portfolio. And, you know, one thing I see, and this is one of the reasons why I don't post my profits in the first place. You know, I don't really like when people post like, hey, I made like $60,000 today. Starters see that starting accounts see them like damn i want to make sixty thousand dollars let me yolo my entire account just unrealistic fomo just unrealistic dude it's not real you know it's it's just it's not possible like that that person making 60k a day is putting risk adversity into his portfolio size that he's able to make that Mm -hmm. right and i'm sure he built up to that point you know unless they started with a million dollars which not many people do you know, then it's not realistic. So I would say take your gains, even if it's smaller, just take your money, do it again, play with more money the second time. And the third time, eventually to a point where you have a big pool of money. And now you can actually, you know, if you're trading contracts, you know, start with one or two contracts. Eventually you're going to pick up 10. Eventually you're going to pick up a hundred. Eventually you're going to pick up a lot more than that. Right. 
People so. also don't understand too, like you mentioned that, oh, I see somebody that made 60K. Okay. Yeah, there's people that are making that. Um, but you also got to think on the on the inverse of that. There's also people on Twitter um, that are posting, quote unquote, paper money, paper gains, things that it's not, they're not really making any money. Um, it, like, like we mentioned, it's all relative. That 60K may be 10%, which may be 10 bucks for you. It's so, it's all relative. So I actually got on Twitter not even that long ago. It's only been a year. Last December was when I opened my Twitter. And, you know, when I just started, I was already like pretty good at options, you know, like Twitter wise, I had just started. Um, and I used to post my gains, man. I used to post it a lot. You know, I used to post like 10K, 20K, 30K days. And like, I, I thought I was doing good. Like, you know, people are going to see this. They're going to want to follow me. Like, like okay. I had that like like ideology to posting profits for people to know that you're a good trader you know just post your ideas do your thing so i stopped posting profits and i'll probably never do it again even on my discord i'll never post it you know i just think it's all relative to an individual and it's going to make people think that they can do what you're doing even though it's such an individual thing you know yes we're trading together but everyone trades their own way we're just sharing ideas and education at the end of the day, you know, so especially on my main Twitter, now I stick to posting education. You know? Yeah, man, I, uh, I couldn't agree with anything anyone on this podcast has said as much as I agree with what you just said, like that resonates the most with me because um, I, I like, I don't mind, I guess, when people post their gains, but I really do think that it does impact people's mindset a lot who are just beginning. Um, I know when I first began, there was a few people on Twitter that would post gains and it kind of fucked with me a little bit. But um, nowadays I see people posting, you know, 100K days, even, you know, half a mil days, a couple hundred thousand days, stuff like that. Um, people are going to, with with a thousand bucks in their account, they're going to be, you know, rushing. They're going to be trying to skip the process, skip in line. So I think um, 1% a day, uh, if you can get that man, go for it over and over. Just like you said, take your money and run, take your money and run. Uh, one day you'll get there. One day you'll get to those 30K, 50K, 100K days. But uh, skipping the line is not an option. You're going to lose all your money if you try to skip the line like that. You're going to be taking things that aren't um, the yeah. proper risk reward. So I post percent gains every once in a while just to show people, you know, you can get 1% a day. You can do it. It's possible. Um, I post like green versus red days. Like I I'll post my monthly chart with green versus red, but yeah, I don't post any of those, those daily gains because, um, I don't like the mindset it pushes on people. Absolutely dude. Yeah. I mean, the only time I'll ever post a gain is like on an individual position that I take, you know, especially if I'm endorsing something like, dude, no, I'm in the trade with you. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not just posting it. And like, yeah. it's funny, you know, people, Compared to small caps, you know, you post a position, you have the minds. People will think like, hey, this guy's pumping. He has a lot of followers. You know, he's he's endorsing this trade. But when you're posting a trade idea on the large cap, bro, I can do whatever the hell you want. I can't pump it. Yep. The float mm -hmm. on the thing is so fat. I can post whatever. Hey, this thing is going to a million dollars tomorrow. And it's not going to change a damn thing that that stock does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Teddy, That's the nice thing about options. Teddy knows I have very strong opinions on people that post ridiculous dollar amounts it's just like what is what is the purpose 
the the purpose is you just want attention you want positive affirmations um when in reality i would rather be absolutely dirt poor and still be a decent human than just talk about how much money i had i just think <laughs> you know it's just i i really i really never understood that and yeah i mean it is it, it is what it is i could talk about that for an hour but yeah i think man like one of the big things is is um if you have to flex your life all the time, are you really happy with your life? Like, like, I think that's the biggest thing for me is, is, I mean, I'm really, really happy with where my life is. And I have never once felt the need to go and like, you know, push in other people's faces. Like maybe if I'm happy when I got my Rolex, I, I know posted a picture of it and was like, Hey, look at me. I got this big boy watch. Like I'm excited. That kind of shit. But like, I've never once, like when people give me hate all the time, I get a bunch of hate comments and I never go beneath and go, I have a Rolex. Do you have a Rolex? Or I never posted my gains and been like, hey, fuck you. Look how much money I made yesterday. You're a bitch. Like that kind of shit. Like I never done any of that and I never will. It's just one of those things where it's like, I don't feel that need. I'm happy with my life. I'm like, just keep doing me. You can hate on me. Yeah. Yeah, Haters can just, they can, they can be there. I I don't even mind them that much. You can be there. I understand that you're something is going wrong in your life right now to cause you to come onto my post and, you know, talk shit to me and I'm not going to make your life any worse. It's like that dude in high school that drove his dad's Mercedes and was like, yeah, this is mine. Then you see his dad driving (laughs) it the next day. It's just like, who gives a fuck about how much money you have? Bro, that was it doesn't Jeeps matter at my at my hometown there'd be kids who would come in a jeep and then you'd find out that it was their parents jeep like two days yep. later they'd been like shipping it off as their own and you'd be like dude, why are you doing that it makes no sense <laughs> it's actually funny my first ever car was a jeep but dude that thing was cheap man i paid i used to pay like 160 170 bucks a month for my lease on the jeep this was like damn, damn bro what that's was a good that's a good 2013 bro 2014 some Jeez. shit like that so yeah now the same car is like bro in fuck fuck inflation fuck semiconductor prices bro that yeah. thing is five six hundred bucks a month for the same car bro i know i was looking at before like two years ago i've been looking at buying like an fj cruiser a toyota for a long a nice ass time like and those. dude they used to be like like a used one like They're 2013 classic. or 14 used to be like you know, like with low miles, it'd be like 25, 30 K, which was decently expensive. Now they're like 40 or 50. It's like, dude, I don't, I don't want to spend that much damn money. But what are you drinking there, man? I saw you. Is it a Heineken? Yeah, it's a Heine, bro. I've been sipping on this Heine this whole time. Those are your go-to? Uh, this is what I had in the fridge. I really like Pacifico. Um, there's another one. Grapefruit Sculpin, bro. I have oh, big, those are good, man. I have a I've had that. Open, bro. Those are really good. Those are so good. Yeah. You got a mixed drink that you like? Mixed drink? Dude, I'm a whiskey guy. If I'm going to drink anything hard, it's it's just going to be straight blue label, black label. Oh, dude, that's some good shit. I like I like blue label a lot. <laughs> yeah, bro. I actually um I do a little like uh, like a sports book on the side. Like mm-hmm. I'm a bookie like just like you know with friends and stuff. Uh like through this one company. So I, I go to Vegas quite often. And like I also go for fun, but like I have some clients out there, so I go visit them and stuff. Every time I go out there, man, now that casino knows me, you know, I'll show up, I'll sit at the table, I won't even have to say anything. They'll be like, Blue label, sir. I'm like, Yes, please. <laughs> Dude, that is awesome. You're living a <laughs> life. You go out to Vegas and they know what drink you want already. That's Dude, sick. they know. Yeah, I go to the same hotel every time. <laughs> what, uh, like, what kind of bookie stuff you do? Cause I, dude, I like sports betting and shit. Um, so it's pretty much a website. It's called uh, trilink.com. And then like, you pretty much need like a bookie, you know, he'll make you an account. So like, you know, if 
you're my friend, you'll hit me up. You'll make an account and um, pretty much you'll go in and place your bets through the website. At the end of the week, if you're up, I'll pay you. If you're down, you pay me. And we close out, reset. That's cool, man. That's yeah. Cool. It's just nice because in, uh, you know, in uh, a lot of states, sports betting, it's not allowed. Mm-hmm. So it's just a way to get around that. Like the book's based in like a state that allows it. Then they have like individual people all over the place. Dude, like, I, that's awesome. I it's like saw, a loophole. I saw, I don't, you guys might have seen it. Somebody almost hit the craziest parlay last night. It was uh, first basket for NBA Oh, games. I saw this. And, bro, oh, this you see worst. that? Porzingis, oh, that was the Porzingis misses a layup. I'm like, it was like for 80K. He bet 100 it was, bucks. It was, it was, it was 100 bucks to $76,000, and Porzingis missed the layup to hit it. Bro, like, he, like, so it was blatant. Painful. Wide open. So oh, I would have shit myself, man, if I had that shit ready. And then Porzingis missed the layup. <laughs> NBA was like, hey, Porzingis, miss this shot, man. We're not paying up 80K. Dude, or so, I'm a big was. sports guy. I, I, like For soccer, I watch every single game for all the leagues. Like I like football. UFC is my shit, dude. I, oh, my God. You like UFC, UFC too? Dude, we used to tag each other all the time. Like, dude, this guy's going to win. Remember, I knew like, you did a little bit. I didn't know you were like, dude, five I watched hard, every, Favorite dude, I fighter. Took, uh, what was it? Who fought mm. Nunes the other day? Pena. Um, Pena, bro. I took I took Pena on a parlay with that with, probably with, I, man. with yeah, man. That was a nice good time, bro. Who's your favorite fighter, bro? Uh in terms of personality, I really like Odessanya, man. That guy is just he's a fun watch. And then I like uh I like Sugar Sean, bro. Sugar Sean That's is just character bro the guy yeah. fucking balls up in the middle of a fight and <laughs> he's, just Dude, he's got a good bro. personality and his fighting Dude, style is so fun guy, yeah he's funny i was sad for poirier to be honest me too yeah. i thought he had that in the bag man i really uh, did he had him rock i'm not gonna lie man i love poirier but i i did not expect him to win man I'm, i, I just, thought he was going to i thought like a lot of people did man but look you know they underestimate Oliveira, bro the guy's a Top, top, top tier jujitsu guy. Yeah, he is. And his clinch game is fucking killer. I thought, dude, I thought um, Poirier was going to like be able to crack his chin because I knew Oliveira had had like chin issues in the past and he'd always kind of quit a little bit. But man, he's a different beast now. Like probably three or four years ago, he's a different man. Who almost knocked him out? Who fought him? Chandler, right? Chandler had him on death fucking bed, man. He was like dead that's why i thought poirier was gonna or, or yeah, poirier a had a chance yeah me too i i thought poirier was gonna win because of that i was like poirier is not gonna let him survive that poirier is gonna slice him up and finish him after that but then do those body the knees to the body from Oliveira. he just, just has so many ways he can submit you or so many ways he can knock you out it's he's got power now too he's got a lot of power in those hands that people underestimate which i underestimated before this last fight his hands dude they got some pop to him yeah, they do. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like if Tony Ferguson was what we thought Tony Ferguson actually was. Like Tony Ferguson, everyone was like, he's so good, and then he turned out to like kind of go downhill really quick. Absolutely. If Tony Ferguson wouldn't have gone downhill and was super good, he'd kind of be what Charles Oliveira is now. I I have a I have a, a question related back to options really quick. I think Teddy has a question, but um. I just wanted to get your thoughts. I had people in my Discord that were begging me to ask this. Um, what are your sure. thoughts on stop placement um, or mental stops regarding options? 
Um, any advice for for people that kind of are, are just getting into options with that? Yeah, absolutely. So ultimately, my biggest piece of advice would be trade the underlying and put your stop based on the underlying and not the option price, right? So that being said, you know, what option or what strike and what expert you're taking is going to have a like they're each going to have their different stop. You know, if you're playing weekly, a 25% stop can be the same thing as playing, you know, like a month out expiry and putting 5% stop, right? Ultimately, it's going to be the underlying that's going to be determinant of what that stop is, right? So again, that comes back to TA where you have to know contextually when to put your stop and where to put it, right? So that's my biggest piece of advice is, look at the underlying and place your stop on the underlying and not the actual option itself. You know, you'll put a 10% stop on a weekly contract more than likely you're going to get stopped. That's the thing is you can put a, you can put a hard stop in and, and within one five minute candle, that five minute candle can fluctuate to the point where you get stopped out and then that candle closes, you're up 15%, but you got stopped out. So I like to tell people, Yes, hard stops. I preach hard stops, especially for commons. But it's I feel like it's more a mental kind of technical stop. Hockeys, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love hockeys. I use big butts. So I'm a Weeble trader. I like big Woo! butts in trading. Like, um, so I personally, how I do it, is I'll buy the ask and I'll sell the bid almost every single time. Like, again, when you're trading these super fluid contracts, what's the spread like? a cent or two yeah don't miss your entry or don't miss your exit based on a cent bro like just dump it or just get in you know because you're not going for a penny or two you're gonna you're trading because you're expecting a bigger move right yeah. but get in the trade or if it's going against you just get out of the trade and you know don't don't get stuck in that in between where you're trying to fill like the mid price or like trying to buy the by the bid, you know, a lot of times you won't get your fill. A lot of times you won't get your sell. It'll fly so, up right after. Dude. So that, that was one of the, the things that kind of changed my game is, you know, if you're going to get in, get in. Yeah. If you're going to get out, yeah, get out. Just book it, you know. So Take that on the difference and, you know, get out of there. What's your but, advice uh, on, what's your advice on then, just to kind of backpack off that with uh, trigger levels? trigger levels and like different time frames that you may use because i know everybody's different me personally 5 15 minute or what i personally use i use the 3 5 10 the 3 minute is is the best for scalps i would say uh after around 10 30 uh, pacific time which is what like one uh one year guys time uh, i really like um i switched to the five but if I'm ever trading big picture, I'll like the 10. So if I'm trading something early in the morning, you know, and I'm going for a scalp off the open, uh, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes off the open, I'll go for the three minute. Anything up to like the first hour, first hour and a half, two hours off the open, I'll stick to the three. After that, I can go bigger time frame, you know, because the thing is there isn't enough data to really kind of trade five minute off the open. You know, you're going to mm-hmm. see one candle and a lot of beginning traders, they're not going to be able to analyze that two or three five minute candles there's not enough information happening within those so you know trade the three you're gonna have a better time and the reason i say three and not the one is because the one is too quick you'll get stopped out so often the one's horrible 
the one is horrible if you're trading small cap maybe one minute is cool but on a large cap option forget the one can't do it yeah the one is well, just essentially noise within the five or the three minute in in your case i like three and five a lot i trade i trade three um and then i go to five and i kind of like cross the two over as in like the emas i like to find ones that line up Absolutely. like i'll find i'll find like when like a 20 um ema lines up with a nine ema on like a, a larger time frame that kind of shit just just things that line up if i can find two or three indicators that line up on the three and the five i'll know yeah. that if it comes down to there that's a good bounce zone for me to yep. look into buying um i kind of want to ask you man what are your kind of top setups like what do you what do you prefer to i only trade uh, i only trade three indicators 20 okay. ma 200 ema and VWAP. VWAP okay. is kind of like your magnet but the thing is the VWAP itself is not the strongest magnet because you you can have something like the qqq or spy that's trading miles above the view up and not give an absolute damn you know they'll just float up there all day but you know certain stocks will respect that view up a little bit more like microsoft likes to do it apple likes to do it so view up is always nice to have up it kind of gives you like a base idea it's like kind of like a, a target for you or like a spot for you like hey i can risk the view up or something right but ultimately when i get in a trade I like to use my 20 for continuation. 20 will kind of guide me like, hey, this is still going my way. I don't need to take my money. Like I can just ride this 20 all the way up until I get a break. Then there'll be a lot of scenarios where you'll have a trend day with the QQQ and that thing is riding and people will take their profit too early. I'm like, dude, like this thing is going up. Like why are you taking your money? Like I'm locking in profits. I'm like, okay, yeah, lock in your profits, but you know, scale out. You don't have to go fully out. Just ride the trend. And that's a big thing that I kind of preach is, especially for large cap, is the trend is your friend. If that thing is going in your direction, like, I don't know if you saw AFRM today. I didn't play yeah. it, but I definitely saw it. That thing was trending. And it didn't stop. Same thing with Baba, you know. Um, so in general, and again, especially with the QQQ, if that thing is running, the trend is going to be your friend. Stay in it. The 20 is going to help you stay in that. 20 on the five minute is going to be stronger than on the three minute. But if you're trading on the three minute, it's better to stay on the time frame that you're trading on. Right. But again, one of the best risk spots that being said is the 200 EMA. The 200 EMA is like a, like a cracked out stronger version of the 20. It's just, I mean, again, ultimately EMAs are lagging price action, right? The 20 EMA lags less than the 200. So the 200 is going to give you kind of a stronger base point. Like, hey, I, this is a, it's lagging. You know, this thing is a strong like spot over the past X amount of time. I can risk off this, you know, so anytime people the, use them. Exactly. So anytime the 20 is above the 200 and the, the candles are riding above the 20, that's quite bullish. Anytime the 20 is under the 200 and the candles are riding below the 20, you know, that's, that's bearish. And then you'll have times where the both of them line up and the candles are above, you know, that's a good risk spot or they're below. That's a good risk spot for a put. So again, these EMAs aren't supposed to give you your entry or exit. They just kind of help you determine your, your risk reward after you take the trade. Do you use crosses at all? Like if the 20 um, EMA yeah. crosses above yeah, yeah, VWAP, that... man, not, not above VWAP. I, I like it when the 20 crosses the 200. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure the view up works. It's just not my thing. I haven't really back tested that strategy. 
little less because I know the 200 is like staple of a lot of people's trading. I'd say everyone uses the 200 at least like, and then they might move on to VWAP and then have their few other indicators they like, but 200 is like the number one. Yeah. People just slap on right when they pull up a chart. Yeah. 200 is super strong. I know Maple Stacks uses the 90 MA. He likes it a lot. That's what I use. Yeah. 90 MA is great. It kind of sticks tight to price action. But if you're trading your stop based off the 9, you're going to get stopped out a lot of times. Yeah, you will. That's why I like, yeah, that's why I like the 20. It kind of gives you a little bit more wiggle room. So that's I, what I do is I, I stack the nine and the 20 and I have both of them up. And so I'll trade the nine. If it's in a trend, if it's in a strong trend, I'll trade the nine as in like take an entry off the nine and then let it ride up because I know it's probably going to keep going up because trend, you know, trend is kind of the, the big thing with large caps. But then if it comes below, then that two, that 20 EMA is the one where I'm watching for that next bounce. I'm like, man, this flag, when the 20 EMA comes up, it's going to bounce right off this, this 20 because the 20 gives you a little more room. That's a key thing that you said when it comes up, you know, again, EMAs are lagging indicators. The price will move up. Sometimes the actual candles themselves will base and give time for those EMAs to catch up for its continuation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But you got to have a lot of patience when you're trading these trends on large caps, I would say. Yeah. You'll get stopped out if you if you think it's going to be like a quick move. Like if you're if you're expecting what it's what it's going to be. If you're like trading a small cap, it's it's nothing like that. You're gonna you need to. It's it's a thirty minute ordeal, fifty minute ordeal, hour ordeal in some trades. When when you know small caps are expecting ten minutes, you're going to get the move you want. Um, it takes quite a bit longer. I've known that there's a lot of times where I've gotten trapped out when I first started doing options and I couldn't figure out what was going on and why my strategy. Why was I selling right before things went up? And all it was is my I, my stop was a little too close. I wasn't being patient enough because if you know the trend and you know what's going to happen, there's no point in, you know, stopping out on a tiny red five minute candle because, oh, it, you think it might, you know, be the be the indicator of a downtrend. No, nah, just just give it some time. Give it give it some watch the level two, see if you can find the flow and if it's bullish, bearish, that kind of shit. Give it some time. Just be patient with it. That's that's not meaning hold the bag. Like don't don't average down on some shit. That's the the, the chart pattern is broken. But if the chart pattern still intact don't think that uh you can't give it its time that it deserves exactly man what do you what do you do kind of on the weekends man what do you do with your free time i love fishing man fishing is it's my favorite thing to do but uh i hang out with friends i like going out man like that that's one of my flaws bro i'll make money but i, I love spending money bro like and not just on myself bro i'm like one of the least materialistic things the only things i'll really spend money on is watches but like I take my girlfriend out. I'll, I'll like I won't give a fuck, bro. I'll go to dinner. I'll order one of everything on the menu and take like two bites. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's the life, man. You get to try everything. Yeah, bro. So I do that. Um, I hit the gym every day. I take one day a week off. So that's primarily like my go-to. Um, you know, trade gym, trade gym. Weekends go out with friends, drink if I need to. Hit Vegas. Uh, that's about it, man. That's my thing. Fishing a lot. Uh, when it's the season it's fun man what do you fish everything out in california there's a lot of uh, rock fish rock fish is like the go-to um, when it's the season tuna tuna is really Ooh. fun yeah i'll go down to like san diego and uh, catch boat out go fishing for the day man i love san diego dude yeah it's nice man i've been there a few times a year for the past few years and that that place is fucking paradise man there's the weather's always nice. It's not too hot, not too cold. Shit is, oh, the breeze yeah. is so beautiful. I could live there. I thought about moving there. Dude, it's I was nice. really close. My, 
my favorite spot in California is probably Newport Beach. Like that that place is just is beautiful, yeah. man. It's a good spot. Do you uh oh man, we're getting into the fun stuff now. Do you have an unpopular opinion that you're you're really, really feel strongly about? Oh man. Yeah, this is a fintwit unpopular opinion. Pineapple yeah. on pizza, man. I like pineapple on pizza. Bro. Hell yeah, let's go. Hey, whatever the fuck they want, bro. It's sweet. It's Let's delicious. Go, throw, some, throw some jalapenos on there. Throw some ham or bacon. Or yeah, like, it oh, complements the salty. The Perfect. Whole, yes, bro. Yes. I don't care That's... what anyone says. Don't shit on my pineapple pizza, bro. I feel like, okay, so we have an Italian in the chat named Anthony Molito. I think he might try to, uh, are you going to go against us here? No, we talked about this last time. I See, listen, if the, I like, it's, but it, like, <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Like, if the... I see him getting triggered right now. No, but like, if he's the getting pine... just like the thought of hot pineapple. Like, if they put it on after, then that's for... then. Yeah, that's I like that. But have you never had a roasted pineapple though? Like when they like grill it. Yeah, I have. Like, that so when I make like a, if I'll make like a whole ham, he put the pineapple yeah. on. And okay, all that. that's a hot. Yeah, pineapple. but like, <laughs> I don't know. It goes with man. the salty too. They put it on there because it goes with the but the salty. but the. But I had, so I said this last time, I had, the best pineapple pizza is without red sauce. Yeah, I, 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 I prefer white sauce on pizza white so- too. Yeah, that's to me is, because uh, the marinara with the pineapple with combo. Uh, I can vibe with that, I think. I think um, white, white sauce. sauce. Yeah. White, white sauce is so good, man. White yeah. sauce and chicken pizza. Oof, yeah. I, can, I can smack an entire pizza if I do that. Yes, Dude, I actually, I used to be really, really large, man. I used to be like almost 300 pounds, man. I used to be like 285. I think I posted Jeez. a picture on Twitter. Damn, bro. Day. Yeah, man, I was big. Like, Happy you're healthier like, now, man. Yeah, man, a lot, lot healthier. I'm like, like 190 right now, 195. But dude, like that was one of my biggest things in life was, hey, I have two goals. Get rich, get fit. That was it, dude. All day, that's all I would manifest, man. I'm gonna trade. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna trade. I'm gonna go to the gym. Like I cut off my friends. Like I still hang out with them, like but not as much, man. I used to see them every day, hang out, do my thing. But now I'm just more focused on myself and like my well-being and you know my health, my financial situation, all that kind of stuff. You manifested that shit into reality. Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah. That's a powerful thing that people don't talk about enough is, you know, self-talk, like telling yourself you're going to get somewhere. A lot of times you're going to get that. You're going to get there. Then if you tell yourself you're going to. Dude, there's this book and I recommend it for whoever's listening and to you guys. It's called what to say when you talk to yourself. I definitely recommend reading that. That was one of the things that made me kind of think like this. I read that book and it's like, like positive reinforcement, you know, like, how many times in your life have people said no to you? No, you can't do this. No, you shouldn't do that. Tell yourself, fuck yeah, I'm going to do it. You're the only one that can tell yourself whether you can do something or can't do it. Yeah, and if man. you believe in it, you're going to go after it, man. Yeah, it's going to be alive point, in your head forever. Exactly. At that point, it's just what you're willing to do to get there. Mm-hmm. Exactly, man. Dude, that's inspiration because I know there's a lot of people out there that are in that point in their lives where they're, they're I mean, whether it's because of the pandemic, whether whatever it is, they're gaining weight, they're, you know, laid off from jobs, they're not working and they're they're talking like bad to themselves. I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, man, why am I like, what is life? Like, what am I doing here? What is what is this? What is that? 
um, once you find that thing you want, you can do it. Just, just put your mind to it. Realize it might take a little longer than you think. It's not going to be instant, but you'll, you'll get there if you put your, yeah, put your head to it. Absolutely. It's awesome, man. Um, oh man, I got something fun to talk about here. So I've been, I went down a rabbit hole. I told you guys this about this before, yeah. <laughs> before we got on, um, I saw some, some shit on, I think it was like Twitter or something. Someone was like stoned ape theory. And then I looked in the comments and it was like a bunch of stuff that was like, Joe Rogan is an idiot for this stoned ape theory. What the hell? So then I Googled it and I saw like 20 videos about it. And I watched one video that was like an hour and 30 minutes at 1 AM a few days ago, because sometimes I, I don't sleep very well. Um, so I just, I just watched this shit and it was, what it is is basically, so like humans brains, grew like triple in size over like Is a couple psychedelic of thing yeah bro they think that they think that yeah, we like descended from apes and our brains got bigger due to mushrooms and then on top of that like religion lines up almost perfectly with what people see when you're like high and like religion was created like from the basis of humanity <laughs> And it like, cause when you apparently, when you like take a psychedelic, you like meet these, these people and all this stuff. And like, there's Mm -hmm. like a a bigger meaning and people were like, when they take psychedelics, they say that everyone is like connected due to one entity. And everyone thinks that that's because like, that's what people refer as God is like, these people are connected. And so basically they just think that apes took mushrooms enough to where their brains learned so much more than what they were ever supposed to that they became humans and i just can't i just can't get over the fact that we <laughs> might actually come from apes who were high and that might be the reason Bro, that when we're you, humans when you first said that i'm like what is that that nft project yeah bro dude i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna create a stoned ape theory fucking dude i just can't believe it like in some reason in my head i kind of like what if that is true like i think it's probably like 90 percent not true like there's like a 90 or 99 percent chance this shit is not true but what if that is the way that humans came that's just nuts that's just absolutely nuts i can't believe it mushrooms dude every day every day i get closer to thinking this is all simulation anyway so i at this point i've ruled nothing out Dude, oh, they—they've uh, had mushrooms. Mushrooms are like one of the oldest organisms, actually. So I—I I wouldn't doubt that they were taking them. As for developing their minds, I wouldn't necessarily say that it developed their minds. But again, man, psychedelics are some trippy ass things, you know. Especially psilocybin, like psilocybin being yeah. the derivative of, uh, you know, of mushrooms—the compound that makes you feel that way. But. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's an interesting concept. Like, how many cavemen were, were shooting up mushrooms? <laughs> Dude, and the other thing is, is, like, humans, like, we, like, can abstractly think. And no other species has been, like, proven to be able to, like, abstractly think. Like, like we somehow, over the course of time, have created a stock market. And that's what we're talking about right now, is a stock market that is all of the companies in the world created by the most abstract thinkers who yep. thought of things before anyone else and Dude, were trading the vehicles of those companies and somehow other animals in the world that have been longer than us here are like still eating acorns out of trees and running around and like absolutely accidentally killing themselves by getting hit by a car and we're yeah. somehow doing a stock market 
it's dude it's just crazy i or can't the get over concept it. of a cellular phone where you can talk on a device and hear i was like dude after that video i was sitting in bed until like 4 a.m just thinking why are squirrels still squirrels and why are we humans <laughs> getting better every single day shouldn't they have figured out a way to like like crack the nut way faster than what they have to do or like shouldn't they have like little little houses like why are they running around in the snow when it's cold out and why do why are we have in houses with coats on and shit why are we so much smarter it makes no sense you know uh, it's funny that you actually mentioned this so actually elon musk made a tweet that said there actually aren't enough humans on the planet okay and in theory he's right okay so there were these two scientists back in the day or two theories Ultimately, I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not, but it's called the Malthusian theory and the Cornucopian theory. Okay. I'm not sure which one's which. You're going to have to correct me. But uh, one of them states that, uh, okay, and this is, again, it's a population dynamic theory that, okay, well, one, there's too many people on the planet and in turn, we're driving ourselves to extinction, right? And the other one being, Hey, you know, actually, the thing that's going to stop us from extinction is having more people on the planet, right? One of them is defending that, hey, we're going to run out of resources. The other one saying that, no, actually, by having more people, we're going to actually drive further innovation. And we're like, instead of in every 1 million people, we're going to have one Einstein. Instead, for every 5 million people, we'll have like 10 Einstein, right? Mm -hmm. We're inviting that creativity and innovation into our our world by having more people so you know coming back to your to your ape theory you know maybe it was just population growth you know as population was growing and as more of these apes were taking mushrooms <laughs> they were driving innovation innately you know so it could be a combination more Einsteins. Dude, they got more Einsteins, but that's exactly what happened. Maybe it wasn't all of them evolving at once, but maybe two or three of them like triggered their brain, man, and they turned on and they said, Hey guys, come watch me. I'm gonna start talking. <laughs> I'm gonna be have you, you know? guys seen that movie where it's like the uh return of the I don't know, return of the apes, return of the monkeys, something like that. Planet but of one the of apes. them learns how to talk. Yeah, one of them learns how to talk. I imagine that's exactly what it was like. One of them took mushrooms one day and was like, then was like, I can talk. And then like came back to him and was like, my brain better than yours. So the other apes, and he's like, come with me, I show you. And then they all took mushrooms and then all of them could talk or some shit. That's what it was in my head when Dude, I was thinking about it's it. It's crazy, man. It's 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 possible. I don't know how likely, but definitely possible, man. Man, it's, it's just nuts to think about. I wonder how... Shark? Dude, I wonder how faded the guy was that thought of that theory. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have it right here. His name is like Terrence McKinney or something. I assume he just takes mushrooms up his ass every yeah. fucking day. Like just guaranteed, bro. All day, every day. That's well, Bullshark, like man, we want to thank you for coming on, bro. Gang, gang. Anytime, guys. It's a pleasure, yeah. Fun... Yeah, this make sure. This is for sure one of the more, like the, the most fun podcasts that I've ever done, bro. You guys are. It's super chill. Cool. Yeah. You guys are homies for sure. Yeah, everyone, make sure you go follow Bull Shark on uh, on Twitter. He's a good guy. He's got he's got a service. Go check it out. He he gives we'll, out his uh, option stuff. He's a baller. We'll link all your stuff too, um, in chat or not in chat. What am I talking about in the description? So yeah, and yeah appreciate that, guys. Yeah, yeah. man. Well, uh, you guys we cool appreciate you coming on. Yeah, keep in touch. Yeah, I'll absolutely, be sure, bro. We'll message. Yep. We've been we've been talking for a few few months trying to get you on here. Things just didn't work yeah, out yeah. until now how it is man but glad we made it happen yeah, yeah. man we appreciate it thank you yeah.
Anytime. All right. I'm yeah. Audi. I'll catch you guys. Later. Peace. Happy New yep. Year's. Much love, you everyone. Too. Catch yep. you later, man. Man, have you ever had a Miller High Life? I had it. So when I was working at the bar, I had it, I think, like once or twice. Um, but I can't really remember what it tastes like, to be honest. Is it so better than... Going, it's better than Miller Lite. I've been going through kind of this phase where I've been trying to find, like, one of the domestic beers that I can just, like, drink. Mm-hmm. So I got Coors Banquet, like, a couple weeks Ooh. ago. And then I got Miller Miller High Life. I think the Coors Banquet's better. This is, like... Comes in the short thinner. bottle, right? Yeah, it's in that short With bottle. Those are good, man. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So this, are... this one is, like, more kind of, like stronger beerish the the cores is more like smooth i feel like i uh damn what was the beer that I, oh um i like modello you like modello yep. it's kind of bougie i like modello but uh what was it that they had us put in it was it like was it a slice of orange or something i went to a place like a wedding lime. and it was yeah no, no no yeah it was lime you're right orange is a uh, blue moon yeah dude blue moon is really good dude. and then i got I got like a mango my, cart here too for later. Ooh, my chalice, my a little goblet or something. My sixteen dollar. What do you got in it's there? It's actually a. It's actually. It's not a funny story, but it's actually like kind of interesting. Um. So there's this place that um. They take these like I essentially they're people that are disabled that like, uh, whatever disability you may have, and they like kind of take them and they do different things with them and they have they own this shop where they'll make like stuff like this like glasses or like any kind of art um and sell it and it kind of gives them a way to like make income so it's pretty dope um so yeah i bought this this fucking chalice which is it's actually gigantic um and i have some wine in it so i'm being what kind of wine super bougie um just one of those nine dollar gigantic bottles that basically tastes <laughs> like fruit juice. What do they call those? They call them. They got a name for them, like um, jug or fucking. I don't know what it is. Yeah, essentially box basically wine. Basically, handle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can buy the wine. biggest thing of wine. It's like ten dollars. Dude, those are those are dude. Wine drunk is a complete different than like beer or liquor drunk. Oh, wine yeah. drunk, I just get tingly and really happy. The other ones, like I just I just feel drunk. Like I feel like Ugh, I'm drunk. Yeah, you'll like. I noticed too with wine, like you won't wake if you like get drunk, drunk off wine. You really won't feel it that much the next day. Yeah, um, I I definitely hear you there. Wine is it's kind of been my go to the past like few weeks to a few months. Like ever since we had Incredible Bob on, he got me to try some wine, and mm-hmm. now I've like been trying cheaper wine. And I just will pound like a half bottle or something here or there, and that dude feels so good. Like you'll just I'll be oh, laying man. there watching I've been watching The Witcher lately. Dude, so I'm watching there. that right now. What? I'm on the second dude, episode. Dude, this is why me and you are friends. I'm on the second just, episode though. Remember remember when we first like started actually like talking more and I remember I was like, dude, I'm watching the show called The Sinner and you sent me a picture and you were watching it in your bed <laughs> at that same exact time. And we were like yeah, That was funny. <laughs> we were like Dude, what the hell is going on? That's a good show, though. If anyone needs like an under the radar crime show, The Sinner's so good. The Sinner's good. Absolutely killer. Uh, did you watch Squid Game? Yeah, that's good. Dude. They just something else just came out. Um, I don't know if it's by the same director, but some of the same cast is in it. It's called like Deep Sea or something. Did you see it? It just came mm-hmm. out on Netflix. Where they like it's Korean. But they like go in space and um, I don't, I'm only on the first episode, but there's like something in space. It's almost like a horror f- series, which is pretty, it, it's pretty dope. 
Um, Did you see Alice in Borderlands? No, I didn't. I've, it's I've like heard Squid of it. Games. Yeah, it's, it's like Squid Games, but it's a little more like there's more to the game. Like the the game, like everyone disappears from their town and stuff. Uh huh. And it's it's just really good. It's like I don't want to spoil anything for you, but it's super good. It's like Squid Game, but like a little more in depth. I would say. I just watched a Christmas movie that was really good. Came out on Netflix. Um, it's like a boy called Christmas. Do you see it? Oh yeah, I've heard of that. It's actually. It I didn't actually, watch it, but I heard of it. Yeah, it was actually really good. It was like um, the animation was really good. I'm trying to think of. I just watched something else too, but I can't remember what it was. Um, but I was anyway, watching, I was watching. What have I been watching? Oh. My girls got me watching this this show on Hulu. It's called Desperate Housewives. Apparently, it was like super popular. My mom, my mom's Dude, obsessed with that. It's actually so good. Really? I don't, I don't want to admit this. It's actually so good though. Like, there's so much shit that happens, and so many get down, cat. So Is many twists pr- and turns. What's the premise? Um, it's like just basically this like suburban neighborhood, and like everyone it's basically like whatever suburban neighborhood you've ever seen where everyone acts like everything is normal all the time mm-hmm. and then behind closed doors like their kids were like accidentally running over old ladies drunk and like just crazy shit was happening and everyone was just acting like oh we're all like everything's cool like there's no issues and stuff yeah. but then like behind closed doors there's so much going on it's so good and everyone like then finds out about the issue someone had and then like they'll find out issues about them. It's just, it's like super kind of just like drama-y and like, but, yeah. it's, but it's fun to watch. Dude, Netflix has been lacking though. There's been like, they remove more shit than they put on. I'm like. Yeah, I've struggled to find stuff to watch on Netflix. Yeah, I don't even have cable because I legitimately don't watch a single hour of TV ever. The only, the only thing I watch is sports, but the Steelers are so god awful that I don't want to torture myself. So. <laughs> it's because of Big Ben. You guys will be so much better when he's gone. Bro. He's a walking like cardboard that, box right now. He can't move. That whole team is just. He's literally one of those like dummies that they used to tackle in yep. like practice and stuff. He cannot like. He can maybe like move his torso like this, but his legs just don't work. He can't move anywhere. Yeah, it's unwatchable. Dude, have you noticed that? Uh... Stocks under $1 have been popping off lately, kind of. Like, one by one, they've just been, like, ticking off from bottoms and then kind of just, like, even if it's only, like, 5 to 10%, they've been they've been curling up. Yeah, if you're in, a, if you're in my Discord, uh, I've talked about it on Twitter, too, but um, something really good, and we talked about this with RSP, something I, I like to watch for is uh, reclaiming the 9 EMA. Um on the daily after like a substantial downtrend and you're seeing a lot of these names reclaim the nine um and that once you reclaim the nine that's a pretty good sign of a reversal now obviously you want to be looking at other technicals obviously whatever your preference is like stochastics macd rsi um different things to see kind of on the daily chart to kind of get a gauge of like um maybe things are starting to reverse but uh I notice there's a lot, a lot of charts that are reclaiming their nine EMA, um, specifically today. Today's Thursday, the thirtieth. Yeah. Um, and so this is tomorrow's the last day of, the, of this year. I would, I'd be pretty shocked if we didn't see a really nice um, beginning of next week. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we see a bloodbath. Um, just considering we've seen this now, there's a, if you look at any chart, um, 
last two or three weeks, we've seen like two, three consecutive green days and then big time pullbacks. Um, yep. So this may be another one of those, but we'll see. But no, I've noticed, I've definitely noticed that. Hopefully things yeah. heat up. That's exactly what I was thinking. Cause I've noticed that the downtrend that's been, been the penny stock land for the past, what has it been months? Um, things have gone from, you know, over three or four bucks to sub $1 and they're finally hitting stuff off bottoms because things have been, um, on their bottoms. Like I would say <sighs> flattening towards the bottom and yeah. today, yesterday, maybe even, um, Tuesday, things have been popping up. They popped a few, one of them, um, couple, like couple of them went hundred percent within Tuesday and Wednesday. And then today I saw about, you know, five to 10 names that were over 10 or 15% up. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a good indicator that things are going to heat up coming into January. And I know, um, typically January, February have been pretty hot months. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we at least see some sort of, uh, reversal because dude, shit has been, shit has been rough for eight months. So I'm sitting yeah. here fucking praying about it, man. I'm just, uh, you just love to see like today on Twitter, I was seeing, this is why I don't, this is why I just keep a lot of people muted to be honest and constantly unmuting people. Cause you see people that come out and they're like, Oh, I told you to buy the dip homeboy. What? What? This has been dipping for eight months, months bro. Like, what are you talking about? Penny what? stock's been dipping for since freaking March, man. Dude, there's, there's just such a, like, I don't know, aura around fintwit of where everyone just always has to be right always like dude oh i tweeted something about this did you see my tweet about being right oh yeah i have no i have your notifications on so i see everything i'm honored man i have yours on but i didn't think you had mine on of course i had yours i I actually have had yours on since um before we even knew each other so it's been how long has it been over a year it's been a while a year and a half maybe yeah damn that made me smile inside my heart is happy now but according to that guy that commented on your post 15 people too many for notifications so make yeah. sure next time you tweet a list it's not 15 people even has to though be 14 you even though you didn't say less. a word about notifications just to clear <laughs> that up somebody 14 always, or less somebody Those always are the rules. has to bitch about some i know dude there's always there's always somebody about something i oh, got dude it's a list <laughs> I made a tweet a few days ago saying like we have millionaires who can't um, who can't read a chart and or draw lines on charts correctly. Um, some people took it very personal and it was not meant to be like, you know, pointed at anyone in particular. I was just saying there's some rich ass people out there who don't even Warren Buffett. You're telling me Warren Buffett knows how to draw technical lines on a five minute chart. I guarantee that man doesn't really care. He cares about, you know, fundamental stuff like that. So me yep. saying that was not like a, a dig at anyone. And I know some, a few individuals took it very personal and decided to come out with, you know, like voice tweets and, you know, respond to my tweet and get all huffy puffy. It was literally not meant towards anyone. All it was, was like a little laugh at, you know, like there's some people out there who don't know how to do charts and are really successful. And I even think I said like, so you can do this. I think it was like motivational. I think I was basically like, if you, uh, if you don't know how to chart, it's still possible to be be super rich, you know? Yeah, I think ultimately it just all comes back to attention. Yeah. Like, why does anybody yep. post anything like that? They just want attention. They want somebody to be like on the other side of their phone to be like, 
damn, I want to live that life, or wow, you must have the best life, blah, 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 when in actuality that really doesn't mean much. So, yeah, I mean, take that as you will, but yeah, like the thing is, is, is that kind of life may mean something to those, to the people who live them, but um, it doesn't mean it has to mean anything to me. And I, I definitely think that um, using, material things as a way to put other people down is just a really shitty way to live. And it shows a lot about yourself. Um, so for me personally, uh, it's, it's much more about, you know, using my platform as in, you know, thick Teddy to, to teach rather than, um, show rather than show, I guess is the right word. Uh, there's a lot of show out there. Um, showing I'm right, showing my life. I'd rather teach. I'd rather uh, just use it for, for something that's makes me feel good about myself at the end of the day, going to sleep, knowing that at Slappy Central, at Thick Teddy Twitter, everyone uh, learned something that day. Everyone learned, you know, sometimes I just spit some random philosophy shit that I, that I believe in. Some people might learn from that. Um, you know, some people might learn from my trading, but it's it's just one of those things where the, the ego gets the best of a lot of people on Fintuit. And it's it's kind of hard to deal with. And I feel like a lot of people don't talk about it enough that these these uh, ideals are pushed around that uh, are really, really negative and people are chasing them, um, particularly the small people who are chasing lives that other people are living. The big people, the big people with lots of followers, the smaller people are chasing those lives. Don't chase it. Live your own life. Uh, let the journey come to you. Let the stop chasing and you'll finally be happy. That's kind of the the point to those tweets I made about being right or wrong. The chase is is yeah. not going to make you happy. Yeah, there's there's people that think they know and then there's people that know. So yeah. the people that think they know are the ones that they don't actually know in terms of how things work. So <laughs> Yeah, man. There's once we think we know stuff, that's the <laughs> that's the the bear of bad news that you don't actually know much yeah it always is man once you think you've caught something like um i dude i thought when i first started trading i thought i had you know the the destined strategy thought i'd found it like a couple months in and then i was rudely shown by a fat loss in my account that I had very much so not found the strategy that was going to work forever. At that point, my strategy was um, finding the closest Padufa date on bio stocks um, and holding through as many as I can because I was convinced that the FDA wanted to approve more drugs than they wanted to deny. And I think I lost like half my account in like two weeks at that point. Cause I was literally just holding through fucking FDA approvals. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. All I'm saying is you think, you know, stuff most of the time you're going to end up being wrong. And you're going to find out later that uh, you were wrong and you're going to feel like an idiot, but then that's, that's called learning. Yeah. Everybody's going to come around at one point. I tweeted today that like, I know me personally, and I know you're the same way, like trying to shift that quote unquote narrative of like arrogance and fucking materialistic things. Um, to like actually helping people because while you may claim you're helping people, you're also hurting a lot of people. Um, yeah. So if we can kind of get together and shift that to more education-based things so there's more people that can eventually do this. And then it's all about paying it forward. Like I teach somebody something and then they go on to teach somebody and then it's just that, that good cycle of everybody kind of helping each other. Yeah, we'll talk to Fizz next week about it too. But uh, I was talking to him kind of in the DMs a little bit. 
Fintuit kind of is shifting a bit. Um, as in there's the people who are left on Fintuit, um, not the, the, the gurus, those people, I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the people who are left here trying to learn are actually the people who are here trying to learn when GME and AMC hit, we went through a phase where it was literally just throw my money onto whatever stock, the person with the biggest account. That's why, you know, CEI and, um, F cell and Fubo all had that massive run was because F-Cell. everyone was just tossing their money to whatever was the first one. Um, so now all of those people have gotten, you know, stopped out of all of their positions and they're going back to long-term investing and working their day job. And we're actually left with people who are here to, you know, do the work and learn because they're actually sticking through this. And I preach this all the time. The only thing separating the traders who quit and the traders who are still here and who are going to be successful is that commitment and that time and realization that all it takes is, um, is those struggles and and you're going to have a lot of them all it takes is pushing through those struggles to become a successful trader once you can push through those struggles and once you can actually stick with it um you have such a higher chance of being successful um and i I truly do believe that almost anyone can do this if you stick enough time to it and some people it'll take longer some people it'll take shorter but uh yeah back to your point or back to what i was saying is i think fizz and i were talking about is there's a lot of learners left and i think that's creating kind of a different environment um, it's not quite there yet, but we feel the shift coming as in people will value learning, people will value actually being able to trade self-sufficiently on their own rather than just taking the alerts. I think that's hurting a lot of people in the past who were, uh, you know, just those alert guys and they, they alert something and they tweet it 20 times. And no, I'm not pointing this at anyone. So if anyone is listening to this, I do not have a specific name in mind. I just know that people do this. So don't come into my DMs or into my Twitter and being like, why, like, blah, 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 getting mad at me. No, I'm not talking about anyone in particular. I'm literally just saying there's a lot of people out there who, you know, alert stuff over and over and just tweet the same shit and then it goes up or whatever. That That is slowly dying and it's totally turning into people who can identify a bull flag or identify, you know, um, a hammer candle with with the right amount of volume or a nice volume profile and that's so much better that's so much better than what we were dealing with when it was just alert stuff we'll get into that yeah. a lot with Fizz because i know Fizz Fizz talks about that a ton and and me and him get in the dms and have long conversations about that well there's a to my last kind of point is that there's a lot of car salesmen car salesmen that are gonna sell you some bullshit um, and screw you and then talk shit behind your back after they screwed you and we got to get away from that um, yeah and like teddy said this isn't about anyone specific but i mean if you feel any type of way then i mean that's on you if you feel any type of way about what we say then that's your own problem like, yeah that's <laughs> like i mean seriously i'm not talking about anyone specific i literally follow like 50 people and have everyone else muted that provides no useful information because again they're providing nothing useful if that if you feel any type of way about what we just said in the last 30 minutes that's you that's your own problem literally it's your own problem because here's the deal man is we've this this last 30 minutes me and you have never really talked about this this topic of drama and bad people on fintuit because we keep it very positive on our on our side of fintuit in this podcast so the fact that we're talking about it, we're making a point to talk about these negative attributes that we know exist on Fintuit. So if you're feeling like um, you might be who we're talking about, 
then maybe you think that yourself, yourself, your Twitter, you personally have those negative attributes. Because everything we talked about was, you know, something bad about Fintwit. If you personally are thinking um, that it, it might be you, then you need to reevaluate maybe what you're doing to uh, cause yourself to think that it might be you. Because I personally have not thought of a single person individually this entire time. I've just been talking about Fintwit, the people on Fintwit as in like in groups, as in, you know, themes that we've been seeing. So, yeah. Yeah, I hope that there's a lot of people who, um, accept the change that's going to come with, with the people who are learning. And I think that it's going to be a, a really, really good thing. I'm starting to see it. A lot of people in Slappy Central, uh, my Discord were really, really kind of questioning, like if they wanted to learn, they kind of saw it as an alert service. I made it very clear. It's not an alert service. It's a learning service. And the people are really coming around. I'm getting more kind of personal DMs of people saying like this, this whole learning thing that you and Ant are doing has really helped me way more than the alerts that you guys give out. Um, you and Ant's discords have taught me so much in the past, you know, few months that I never learned when I first started. So I think, I think learning, um, is going to become a big theme and I'm excited. Yeah, that's, that's what we're trying to work towards. And I think, like you said, that's what we're going to shift towards is more of, um, okay. Yes, we send alerts. Yes, we create watch lists, but why are we creating, creating these watch lists? Why is this on the watch list? Um, I put out two lessons a week and then stream three days a week and then stream every day after hours so I can break down what I traded, break down why it worked, why it didn't work, break down, okay, what everyone else is looking at. Um, if you just throw shit out to people, they're never going to learn. Yeah, they'll make money, yeah. but that's, a, that's about it. So I think we're working towards that shift in, okay, let's create these groups where we're actually teaching people. And yes, you can talk shit because we charge $9 a month. Does that bother me? Nope. Do I think about that at all? No. So go ahead and run your mouth with your Same. egg profile picture or whatever the hell it is. I wake up early every day so I can get on there and give people a watch, a watch, a little watch list. I spend my Sundays making a watch list. It's nine fucking dollars. It is what it is, man. Yep all right man well i think i think that wraps it up we want to uh we want to thank everyone for for tuning in to episode four with bull shark we hope you uh we hope you enjoyed it we got a few guests lined up we have uh i know ryan you said you have ryan maybe possibly coming Ros- on ryan rosbiani i think i'm pronouncing that right that's my guy he's i didn't say his name because i didn't know how to pronounce i think it's rosbiani i'm sorry if i'm pronouncing that wrong but he like listen if you want to follow somebody that's no bullshit and is going to teach you that's the guy yeah for real man and then we got fizz coming on and we got maple stacks coming on too um we got incredible bob coming back we'll have mitch picks coming back um we got bog trading coming on those are all guests we're having this season so um yeah tune in man like this video it means a ton to us if you guys like this if you can comment yeah comment um a rating on a rating whether whatever you're listening to this on um if you're listening to this on spotify or apple anything helps us we're not making yeah. money off this like this is we're not making any money off this we're just um, doing this for fun yeah and it just really helps us with feedback and different things because we're always talking and trying to make this as best as possible whether it's yeah. quality or content or whatever yeah, we're literally any feedback, any like thing that you want to see changed in the the sections, give us tickers to do bullish versus bullshit, you know, comment, guess, literally anything. And then uh, follow us on Twitter. 
you're uh, at Montana Trades. I'm at Thick Teddy. And then we have a, a one for the podcast at The Halt Podcast. So literally anything uh, you guys you guys will interact with us helps us a lot. Um, yeah, thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys learned a ton about options from Bull Shark, And I hope you guys didn't dislike this this uh, rant that we had. It won't be, this will never probably happen again. It was just something we needed to address because uh, it's been kind of rearing its ugly head on Fintwit. And I think it's just something that we needed to uh, kind of make a, a quick convo about. Yeah. Um, shout out to all the apes, AMC apes. <laughs> we don't talk anymore. We don't talk anymore.